Hey y'all, this is Dick Darren from StraightHustling.com. Are you a hunter or just like to target shoot and have a good time? Then you need to check out Freedom Munitions. You can find a link to Freedom Munitions at the bottom of StraightHustling.com. I can't say enough good stuff about Freedom Munitions. It's where I buy my own ammo, great prices, you buy directly online, and it's shipped to your doorstep. It doesn't get any better than that. You can sign up for their email specials and check out their brass buyback program. So please click the link at the bottom of our site, straighthustling.com. Takes you directly to Freedom Munitions and get your hustle on. Let's get on with the show. Hey, this is former Tennessee Titan Kevin Dyson. You are listening to Straight Hustling. Thank you for coming back to Straight Hustling. This is Dirty Dick Darren. We got Money Mike. We got Stu. How's it going? This is Wash Stu, by the way. (laughs) We got a good show. The Dice Man has cometh. We have Kevin Dyson coming on the phone. Titans receiver. You already talked to Kevin. Talk about the longest yard. Yeah, the music series Miracle. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the longest yard was just so bad, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice to see what he's got going on since uh, he played for the Titans and get a little feedback on what life's done for him. Yeah, yeah. So let's get him on the phone. And see what's up. Hey, this is Kevin Dyson. Hey, what's going on, Kevin? This is Dick Darren with Straight Hustling. I got a uh, buddy here, Stu and Mike. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, Kevin? Hey, how you doing? Good to catch up with you, man. You're a busy guy. <laughs> Just a little bit. What are you doing nowadays? Um, I'm assistant principal out here. in in Tennessee, oh, over yeah. at uh, Rutherford County. Oh, all right, cool, cool. All right, man. I'm glad you got we got you on the show. We wanted to kind of talk up real quick about uh briefly about your career with the Titans and kind of where you're at today teaching. Okay. All right. Um, back when you started playing football when you were younger, were you like always like uh one of the top athletes, or do you have to like work real hard every day and uh kind of also I guess that leads into kind of what are you telling your kids nowadays? Your experiences growing up and starting. Um, uh, I, I guess it naturally people think uh, most of them end up playing professional football. That's what they wanted to do, and that's what they worked at. I was a little skinny kid, played soccer and basketball, and then I played football as well. But um, it wasn't necessarily my thing. I mean, I lo- I liked it and I loved to play, but I was a little skinny kid, so I thought my ticket was going to be basketball. Uh, that came a little more naturally to me, and uh, of course, when you're Graduate high school at six one hundred fifty three pounds with a football scholarship <laughs> doesn't necessarily equate you gonna go into the NFL. But I worked my tail off. I had a great receivers coach who wouldn't accept mediocrity, and he, he he demanded greatness from me every day, weight room included, classroom. I mean, he was the type of coach that would go and sit in front of your class and make sure you went to class. Um, he wanted you to succeed on and off the field, so. Uh, I owe a lot to him. He's now a receivers coach. He used to be here with the Titans as well, but he's now in San Diego, uh, coaching receivers there, St. Chargers. And, um, so I owe a lot to him, but yeah, man, I, when you talk about with the kids and when I used to be a head coach and, and when I go speak to the youth, you know, I give them the hard facts, the statistics, the statistics that less than 1% uh, have opportunity to make it to that level. 
But I also tell you, man, you got to chase your dreams. You got to have that motivation. That, that kind of stuff keeps you in line. That kind of stuff keeps you on the straight narrow and makes sure you don't, uh, you know, fall by the wayside. You got a lot of kids that lose sight of their goals and their dreams and they, you know, get in trouble or make one poor decision that can change the complexity of your life. Yeah, you're right. One one bad decision and uh, everything's changed. Your whole outlook right. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what uh, what city did you grow up in? Originally, Las Vegas, Nevada, and then uh, uh, well, I went back and forth between Utah, Oregon, Utah, Las Vegas, Nevada, settled in in the Clinton Clearfield area in Utah with the high school and junior high out there, and uh, so I was kind of mobile. Parents split up when I was real young, and um, you know, for a little bit there, me and one of my siblings lived in Las Vegas, and one of the other two lived in Utah, and. Then at some point, my mother just came and got us all, and we all lived in Utah from that point on. Oh, yeah. So did you and your brother play on teams a lot of times together? Uh, my middle brother or my, the one I played with at the Titans? Titans, so yeah. The I one did. I played with the Titans, we only played on the Titans together in one year of college. There's a brother in between us that uh, had an opportunity to go to the league. Me and him seemed to be on teams more. We're two years apart. Oh, me okay. and that brother, me and Andre are four years apart, so there's a big age gap. And um, and there, you know, as far as development is concerned. Uh, but, yeah, there's a middle brother between us. He seemed to play with both of us uh, his whole life. He's two years between the both of us, uh, uh, to the greater for me and to the lesser of the other side. So uh, me and him played Pop Warner and Vegas together. Uh, we were the ones being raised in Vegas and then came back to Utah. Uh, we played high school ball together uh, for the most part. One year, uh, and then we obviously played college ball together for one year. So, um, but yeah, uh, me and Dre got to play one year college ball together his freshman year, my senior year, and then uh, we played two years with the Titans together. Man, that's awesome, man! I bet y'all were all y'all yeah. always competitive with each other growing up. Uh, not me and Andre, not so much. Um, uh, me and Andre didn't get to that point. I don't know if we ever really were. It was more of the um, teacher-pupil type thing with me and Andre. I'm the older brother who's been there, done that, so I always come back and try to school him, and my other brother as well, but I uh, always try to school him um, what he needs to do. Even when he was a freshman trying to guard me in college, um, trying to challenge me, trying to get better on daily. And when I got to the NFL, coming back and going against him and helping him out, teaching him some stuff that I learned, in the league, trying to help him get to that next level. Uh, but that type of thing, but not as far as competitive, me and him never really, really been like that. It's kind of, it, it goes back to what I said here, Ben ago, it's kind of the brother in between, he kind of got on both ends. He, he tried me <laughs> because I'm the oldest and he's a he's two years apart. So he tried me for that dominance, the patriarch of the house, yeah. uh, that type of thing. And then he had to keep his balance between his little brother who's two years apart from him. So he, he was kind of competitive on both ends of it. Uh, me and Andre really wasn't. It was more like I said, the people and this the teacher type relationship. Yeah, wow, that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, your brother, he was taking it from both directions. Your middle brother. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Did you ever what? Uh, did you ever play any other positions growing up besides wide receiver? Was that always your main position, like high school? Uh, I I never played wide receiver until I got into college. Uh, high school, I played receiver only on long distances. I mean, I had 10 catches for three 
29 my junior year, and King Kate was a 379 my senior year, something like that. Uh, we didn't throw. We were double one team. Only time I ever really did anything, I played tight end every now and then. But mostly I was a defender. I was recruited as a safety. I was recruited as a corner. Hold on, hold on, buddy. I was recruited as, as more of a defensive player. Um, a lot of colleges said, well, you know what? You might be a pretty good receiver, too. So that's how that kind of transpired. But uh, I was mostly recruited as a defensive back. Oh, man. That's awesome. That's cool how you can make that adjustment once you got to college and then stay with it to the pros. Yeah, and that, that, that came with the work ethic. And I, had to, I had to learn that position. I wasn't, like I said, basketball was more natural than football. I liked to do football. Growing up playing football, I was more of a defense player, off the linebacker, safety corner. And when I did play offense, it was kind of in a um, supported role, never really in a starring role. I, I was a tailback for, for one season as a sophomore. but we split time with somebody else who both got both their carries. Um, I was like I said, my junior senior, I played tight end, and the only time I lined up as wide receivers when we had to go deep, you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, even in Pop Warner, I played some running back mostly. It was defense, so uh, I've always mostly been a, a role player when it came to offense side of football. So when you're in college and then uh, in the pros, were you always excited when somebody had like an interception or a fumble recovery? So you got to go hit somebody? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, my mind frame changed pretty quick, man. I, I was happy to not be getting hit and, and all that kind of stuff. You know? uh, <laughs> that's how I got so fast, man. You get, you get worried. I don't want to get hit. I just try to outrun everybody. I know that's right. Yeah. Some of them guys coming. And they get bigger and bigger. <laughs> Man, I like these kids nowadays. Man, that's why I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that concussion stuff. I know it's it's media and it's media driven, and yeah, I know health is a concern. But there's nothing you really can do. Kids are bigger, faster, stronger. Technology it can't keep up. And really, I don't even think there's really anything you can do because of what a concussion actually entails. It's the rounding of the brain and the skull. Right. How do you stop somebody banging a head on the ground, let alone hitting somebody else? Now. You can do some things as far as contact between bodies and help that and penalize guys in particular. It, it, it really doesn't matter. You're still going to have concussions at a high level yeah. at any sport. So, um, I, you know, I just, I think we've, we've gone and over sensationalized concussions a little bit. But, you know, just like in anything, like the history of sports, it's always something you need to talk to. Three years ago with the turf, it was ACL injuries and turf and, and it was a panic, and it was a widespread to find something comparable to artificial turf. And now we got field turf and things like that. And it's just a matter of people progressing technology and, and, and trying to make the game better. And I'm all for it, but I don't think we need to get in a panic mode so much. Yeah, I think it's good that they kind of watch the younger kids now just to kind of monitor. But I don't know, what else are you going to do besides just putting some flags on or something yeah, and saying I mean, no more right. time? Yeah, football is well, football. And, and You're going to get hit. My thing with the younger generation is the coaches that are of the mentality. They, like, I coach my kids like I have professional athletes. We're not going to hit every play. We're not going to tackle every day for three hours at a day. And when you go to these pop, pop one leagues and – now high school is starting to regulate this, how much you can hit in practice and stuff like that. But they don't do that. These little kids and these, these armchair quarterback dads are coaching these kids <laughs> and they're not even teaching the proper technique for them, but they're just hitting, hitting, tackling them, yeah. blowing them up, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And that's where that stuff starts. By the time you get in the pros, you know, it's, 
you, you, you know, you, you, you get more prone to head injuries or any kind of injury, but especially head injuries from a, a sustained life of it. You know what I mean? As having those types of things and it starts at an early age. And I, I think now what they're doing in Little League is making uh, coaches take the online concussion course. I think they're going to start regulating how many, how much you can hit um, throughout practice weeks and how much time you can practice. It's just trickling on down. It's trickling down from the pros all the way on down to the probably pop on our little league football. Yeah, and them and them little leagues, you got them uh them coaches. I mean, they're volunteering their time, which is great, but some of them are a little overboard. They just out there, hit them, come on, hit them. Exactly. Yeah, they go a little, exactly. little overboard. Yeah, I, I, when I was a little kid, we used to, uh, our coach used to tell us, you know, kill them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's the same words I heard. Kill him. Kill him. You know, I'm like, you know, when you're a kid, only, you know, these go hard. You're not thinking technique that nobody's even teaching technique. They just say hit him. So, I mean, that's just the nature of the game, uh, especially back then. And some of these coaches still had the mentality because that's what they were modeled. That's something they know is those coaches that, that were influential in their life. And so they do, they mimic what they know. Yeah. Instead of yeah. seeing right. what's really out there, you know. How was it? Uh, did well, how was it coming out of college? Your first uh stint in the NFL. Were you drafted from the Titans? Yeah, I was drafted by the Oilers, Titans. Yeah. Whatever. We were still the Oilers that <laughs> that year. All right. How, was that pretty yeah. exciting? How was that? How did that go? Uh it was good, man. I mean, um, I don't know how to explain it. Um. You know, you, you work so hard. You know, I was I was a kid. I never thought I'd ever have an opportunity to go professional football. Um, I truly was going to school to get my education. As a kid, I was thought I was going to play professional basketball. And when I got the football scholarship, you know, I just I didn't think I was good enough at football. I was, like I said, a real scrawny kid. I had to work my tail off to get where I was. And um, when I was finally getting an opportunity, you know, I ended up being a first-round draft pick, I, you know, I was elated, man. It was a dream come true. Yeah. Yes, man. Hey, uh, Kevin, how, how did the team feel about coming? How did the team feel about coming to Nashville from Houston? I mean, we loved it. We were, we were psyched when y'all came to Nashville, but how did the team feel about it? I wasn't part of that transition. I wasn't. I was uh, the draft pick for the following year. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, I can tell you some of the stories I've heard, uh, but as far as real life experience. I wasn't a part of that, fortunately. But, you know, they talked to the guys of the road games for 20 weeks because they were playing in Memphis but living here in the Nashville area. And so they were getting on the plane, staying in the hotel every game, preseason included, because they were playing games in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that was earned in to actually not have a home as far as your equipment. We're in portables and um, uh, sheds and everything that has your own facilities. You know, it was a lot to deal with. Um, from what I can understand, even so much when we were at Vanderbilt, but that transition I couldn't imagine. I, I was fortunate I was after that transition. It seemed like when they came here, the you know the popularity really took off. Man, you got uh, really quick a good team together. Everybody was all rooting for you, and then with the Super Bowl and everything, and and uh, that must have been pretty exciting. What was the team? Uh, your first experience with all the team with McNair and everybody else that you're playing with. 
when you first got in the locker room and everything. You got any stories or any experiences? Um, from the Super Bowl year? Well, just in general, like the Titans, like that year, well, I guess from us, we were all following the Titans real yeah. heavy at that point when they first came here because it was our first team. And just the team itself with McNair and yourself and Wachek, Eddie George, yeah, kind of, I was, is everybody pumped up and really thinking they were going to go to the Super Bowl and, and had that team? Uh, I don't know if we thought Super Bowl. Uh, I think we thought we'd be pretty decent. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the history, um, even the year before they came to Tennessee, eight and eight. Uh, then that year um, in Memphis, eight and eight. And then my first year, my rookie year at Vanderbilt, we were eight and eight. So I, I think we were close. You know, we we're kind of a team right there in the middle, and we had a few pieces that next year: Lorenzo Neal, uh, Javon Curse. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, right. Zach Pillar, and you add a few pieces already to your foundation and just kind of took over, you know, and we we uh, got our own home field, got our own facilities, and we protected home court. Uh, Coach Fisher always, always preached, you know, you win at home, you split on the road, you're 12-4, and four, and you're in the playoffs almost every year. And uh, that's the way we looked at it. We protected home field, and um and we did more than win on it. We went five and three on the road. And, uh, you know, fortunately, fortunately for us, we beat the, we didn't even win the division because the team in front of us was 14 and two and we're 13 and three. And, um, so we didn't even win our division, but, you know, we had opportunity. We went down there, AC Championship game and won. I think one thing I'll say about that team, that locker room is we all cared for one another. You know, it's kind of like a brother. Uh, you hear that kind of stuff cliche all the time, a brotherhood. And, uh, we bumped heads. Uh, practice, we bumped heads in the locker room, but on game day, we, we had each other's back, and that's when it counted. And yeah. I think that's, you look at the history of any sport, successful teams, they seem to get along, they seem to like each other, they seem to root for each other, they don't care who gets the glory, they don't care who started. And we all know, we're not, uh, we know Eddie was the face of franchise, but we didn't care he was getting the ball, he didn't care he, if he didn't get the ball, he just wanted to win. And sure. that's kind of everybody's yeah. mentality. Yeah, I remember the first game I went to on the Titans. Uh, the first one I saw was the Music City Miracle that year, and uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you leave early? That, you? No, I didn't leave early, and it was freezing. And so it was our, my first game ever being there, so I stayed. And, you know, it was cold as hell. We were drinking hot chocolate. I think they ran out of hot chocolate, but, yeah, I stayed. It was amazing. <laughs> A lot of people left. I know. I, you know, I... I don't know if I was a fan, being since then, I'm not sure what I would have done either. Part of me is, you know, I'm like one of those people that um, stays there to the end, whether it's a 30-point game or not, you know, I'm one of those people. But at the same time, I also don't want to sit in traffic. So part of me believes I probably would have got up and left too. So how was that when you got that ball? <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to know that. That's fun. The Mississippi Miracle? Yeah. You talking about? Oh man! I mean, uh, it was you know I had to was just run. It wasn't <laughs> nothing near. I mean, I I just had to run green grass and get in the end zone. Yeah, man. What was that like when you got to the end zone? Could you believe it? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. No, I was excited. And then part of me, and you know, I remember right after uh, Buffalo had scored and how they were celebrating and mocking our fans yeah, yeah. and uh, mocking our sidelines. And um, saying stuff to say it's our home field now or something like that, and I remember running over there so they could see me. That's why I went from one corner end off to the other just to rub it in a little bit. <laughs> but then you know, there's that that moment of despair because we still had 
them to review it, you know, and yeah, yeah. I didn't, at the time, didn't realize how close it actually yeah. was. It wasn't until I got home and saw the replay that I was like, ooh, I can stand the debate. So, um, but you know, there was, that's the, the, the ups and downs of football, man, or in sports in general. You'd have moments, and within games, not let alone seasons where your highs high, lows lows, you know? Yeah. Well, I know it made an impact on me. Like I said, that was my first game, so that was huge to see something like that. You don't see something like that yeah. too often. Yeah. And then that led to the Super Bowl, man. How was how the Super Bowl getting to Atlanta with the team there is that you guys finally made it? And... Say again, I'm sorry. The Super Bowl, how was that when you finally – you guys get to the Super Bowl that year and you guys, you know, yeah. how, was, uh, how was everybody together there? You got anything, any cool um, – Memories or anything from the guys there, except for the one yard not getting in the end zone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the whole thing is a great memory. I don't know if there's any one thing. I mean, we had a lot of different stories within the stories. Uh, you know, even during the game, like with our emotionally to blame Bishop going down because um, of injury, uh, concussion or whatnot. I think it was concussion, or maybe the neck. But anyway, um. Yeah, man, I, you know, it was just kind of a whirlwind. It's not like it is right now. We went, we played on Saturday, I believe, the AFC Championship game, and um, maybe it was Sunday. But either, nonetheless, we were traveling the very next day. Matter of fact, I think we had, we played on Sunday, and on Monday uh, morning, we were flying out to Atlanta, and it was whirlwind doing interviews. You were yeah. practicing, getting treatment. We didn't get a chance to really enjoy the, the Super Bowl, if you will, because, you know, uh, they get a week in between to prepare, and then you go and deal with all the hoopla. And we didn't get that luxury uh, in that Super Bowl. And so it was just kind of a whirlwind, man. It was almost business as usual. I think Coach Fisher tried to keep it as normal as he could, even though it was a Super Bowl. But he um, he tried to keep it as business as we could, even though we were in Atlanta. Yeah. That's a that's an awesome experience, man. Like you said, not too many people even get to the pros and then to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Do, right. Do you have anybody on the team that back then that was like the prankster that like to do a lot of uh, kind of pranks and make people laugh? <laughs> nah, not necessarily one person. I think we all had everybody joking one another <laughs> at, at some point. We, it was especially within your own your group, your receiver group, or. Um, quarterbacks or something like that. I don't think there was one person that just did, got the whole team type thing. So I think we all played games within our groups. We all did stuff to each other within our groups. And every now and then it trickled out into like another group and we do stuff. But we didn't have one just prankster. I think we had a bunch of guys that got along and just enjoyed each other. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Where did you go to after the Titans? Was it Carolina? Yes, I went to the Panthers after that. What made you come yeah. back to Tennessee to live? Well, I always kept my home here. Um, and I only signed one-year deals uh, when I left here. And um, considering I didn't know my future after that, if you signed a one-year deal, you know, if they're going to resign you, where you going to be, it didn't see the point in um, purchasing a home everywhere I went. I've heard players do that. And they ended up with two or three different mortgages because, you know, they go from city to city. You know, and I like Nashville. It was all – I had success here. Um, and until I knew my future future, where I was going to be, 
as far as my life. And, you know, I could have signed a five-year deal, say, with Carolina. I love the area, very similar to Nashville. And that might have changed. I'm changed yeah. complexion. I may still be living in the Charlotte area right. had I signed a long-term deal because I would have been there, been able to invest my time into the community, into the team. And um, so, again, it was just more or less uh, uh, I kept my home here. I was comfortable here. I only signed one-year deals when I left. Right. Yeah, you are a local celebrity. We'll give you that. Yeah, I just got a couple <laughs> more things, man. I was wondering, like, uh, is there a team when you're with the Titans that you guys really looked forward to playing each year that, that kind of brought everybody's spirits up and everybody looked forward to really playing that game? Uh, two of them, really. Um, well, three. Uh, there was Pittsburgh week, Baltimore week, and Jacksonville week. Yeah, yeah. Over, yeah. over the games. Yeah. Hold, hold on just a second. Sure. What did you say, bud? Yeah, those, those three games were uh, big, and I, it, 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 it's no, it's you let known that early in your career. I mean, I came in as a rookie, and it was it was all business Pittsburgh. It was all business, and at that time, Baltimore really wasn't on the radar, but Jacksonville was, and mm-hmm. um, and so it was all business. And uh, Pittsburgh week probably would be ranked number one at the time, um, and. It's just it's just a different feel when you're going to Steelers. And we, of course, we were in the same division at the time, so we're playing them twice a year, and it was just it was all business. And Fisher's his, his approach, practice, his demeanor, it just changed that week, and that that would be the one. And then, of course, when Baltimore and we had the the series with them, that changed. And of course, you know what history with Jackson too because yeah. of the playoffs and division titles and all that kind of stuff, and what Coach Fisher said about home field and that being another home field for us. So those are probably three teams, but the main one being Pittsburgh. Did you ever, like, uh, catch the ball and purposely try to find Ray Lewis and see where he is so you could just run right in front of him real quick? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm not crazy. Man. You don't you don't purposely look for somebody like Ray Lewis. You're going to run away from him. You know? Adam, that, was, that was always my game, the Baltimore games. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he was a monster, wasn't he? I mean, what? Did you ever have him come barreling down on you and have to kill you? Yeah, you know, he, he, I, I'm um, smart. <laughs> A lot of receivers are smart. You understand when the journey's over. You know, I'm not trying to get one more yard, if you will, pardon the pun, but uh, I'm not trying to get that extra yard when I don't have to take that extra hit. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to do it, but sometimes it's just, I already got the first down. I'm, the journey's over. Just yeah. get down, you know, so. You know, sometimes you see you just gotta you gotta fall. Now, I was never to the point like I had Bruce and Tory Holt, my my guys, they got down a lot quicker than I did, but um but you know you gotta know when the journey's over. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. have to, because there's no point. And these guys are so good, so fast, hit so hard and so smart about getting that ball out and stripping it. You gotta protect the football, protect the possession. So it's not necessarily a fear thing more, it's just a longevity and intelligence thing, just being smart, being able to play the game for a long, long time. Yeah, sure. Do you have anybody on the other teams that used to do a lot of trash talking that uh, kind of got you fired up? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Curry Fuller probably talked the most. South Springs talked a little bit. Um, but that's about it. But Corey, Corey Fuller talked to everybody. He tried to get you at the game. And if he couldn't, he'd be quiet. Uh, but Corey did the most talking. Trying to get in your head. In one game, I just told him, I said, 
you talked to the wrong one because I was killed. Him. I had a hundred yard game that day. So he kept talking, and I said, "Man, at some point, this is not going to work." <laughs> and, uh, but, but after that, after that, I, I think I got his respect, and we was cool after that. We had a good working relationship as far as the field's concerned. It was just all about business, and I'm trying to be him, trying to be you. Uh, it, it, it became less about the talking, but you know, I didn't do a whole lot of talking. I mean, I most of my talking was um, directed at what my teammates were doing, you know. If Stephen Nair just broke a big run or the boy yeah. of the sack, and I said, man, he's killing y'all, man. I know you're tired of chasing him. You know, that type of thing. But I didn't actually talk for myself. I didn't talk trash for myself. I just kind of played the game. It was amazing watching him. I remember you'd see uh, you see him running the ball, and there'd be a crowd of people on him, and then all of a sudden he'd come out of the middle somehow. You're like, how the hell did he yeah, just come out man. of that? Well, now that you're living in Middle Tennessee, don't you? Uh, you're, I mean, you got to be a Titans fan for sure. Uh, so what do we got to do to win this year? <laughs> um, that's what people they just assume we're just automatically fans of the franchise. We had that fun. <laughs> you know, but you live here now. Just, you live here. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I think more or less I'm a fan of the game more so than I'm a fan of any particular team. Um, but I always root for the Titans. So I guess if you had to put uh, a label on it, I would be a Titans fan. But I'm more a fan of the game. I watch it analytically. I don't. I watch it like work scheme and what are they trying to do? Why are they in this formation? Why are they motioning? Why is the defense line up here? Why are they moving here? I watch the game like that more so than I'm rooting for the Titans to score and win. But I, I mean, I do root for them, obviously, because I'm here. But I, I'm more of a uh, watching it from a um, competitor standpoint as opposed, as opposed to a fan standpoint. But um, I do do radio show out here, so I have to. I do pay attention a lot to what the Titans do. And like I said, I do root for him. So in my opinion, you know, I think in, in any level of play, defense comes first. I think you got to solidify your defense. When you look at history of the game, um, the teams that had pretty good defenses or had defenses that good at the right time, playoff time, have been the ones that have been able to win the titles. You know, everybody talked about the Legion of Boom last year with uh, over there at Seattle, but at the end of the day, it was the New England Patriots defense that made the play and yeah. won the game. So, right, yeah. yeah, I think you got to solidify that defense. You got to get a pass rusher. You got to get a guy that's going to disrupt the passer. It doesn't matter how good the corners are. If your quarterback can sit back there yeah. and uh, just have time to throw. I don't care. The, the corners, as good as they are, are not that good. The quarterbacks and the way the league is you're driven, offensively driven. Uh, it's an offensive league. So, the DB is always at a disadvantage. And the quarterback is just too good, so you gotta get a guy who's gonna disrupt that. You know, you can get two of them, that's even better. That being being said, who do we get this year? Who do we pick in the draft? You know, if they sit there too, I think they're gonna go one of the D line pass rushers. A guy didn't get after quarterback. I think signing Derek Morgan the other day um, may have helped uh, lean people to another direction, but I, I still think they're gonna go with a young guy that potentially give you 10 plus sacks. For the next few years. That's what I'm talking about. All right, hey man, we want to really thank you for taking your time out, man. I know you're super busy and and connecting with us and coming on the show. I sure appreciate it. Wish you the best, man, and uh, we'll uh, keep we'll be rooting for the Titans. Yeah, keep them kids in yeah, line. Yeah, <laughs> keep them kids. Yeah. Keep them kids driven and have their goals and yeah. they'll never give up. And if I, all right, brother, I appreciate y'all, man. All right. If you ever have anything that's coming up that you need, uh, need us to mention for you a month or so in advance, let us know and we'll bring you back on and uh, talk about what you have that's community-driven. Community yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, that's cool. I appreciate it, man. All yeah, right, thanks, Kevin. Thank you, man. We're a big fan. Thank oh, you. Yeah. All right, man. You have a good one. You All too. Right. All right, that was a cool show. Talking to Kevin Dyson, talking about what he's doing now. He's out there teaching kids in school. Uh, talking about uh, his old days with the Titans and growing up. That was pretty pretty cool. Oh yeah, talking about the music series Miracle and the Super Bowl. Beautiful, beautiful times. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the two probably most memorable moments in sports right there. Yes. Everybody remembers them two plays, man. Yeah. Same year too. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, and play, playing with McNair and George and. Why checking all of them? That was a curse. Yeah. I mean, you know, it had to be. It was the dream team back then, baby. Yeah. It's it's great to hear that he went from, you know, being that influential on the football field and now influencing kids' lives. Yeah. I think he's kind of on the same path we are. Yeah. 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 Children learn lessons from this show daily. (laughs) Now, that is cool, though. Yeah. Man, how awesome would that be to be going to school and being on a football team there and have Kevin Dyson, something like that. i tell you what, I never would have tried to run from school. I just would have showed up because you know that boy could catch you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the problem is, you know, if he's not allowed to paddle. We should have asked him on his paddling skills, yeah. I bet you know, if he was allowed to paddle, I bet you they would uh, be real good acting <laughs> children at school. But he's not allowed to paddle. Well, it sounds like he's got his head on so good, though, that, like, psychologically and mentally he can talk to them. And, yeah, he can probably whip them with the brain. Yeah, yeah, he's right. A smart man. Man. Yeah. You can tell by talking to him. He's, he's well-educated, smart man. All right. So we want to go to Stu and tell him who's coming uh, or where to go. Where do, where should we go, Stu? Yeah. You know, we all everybody needs to be sure that you uh, check us out on straighthustling.com. That's S-T-R, the number 8, H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. And there, you know, you can hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter's on there, uh, Instagram. Uh, we're out there. Uh, what's that website? Where, where can they download us from, Mike? Oh, straighthustling.com, S-T-R-A, hustling.com. It's that's where you get all the information. It's where you can where you get uh, all the get cool shirts. Get, yeah, get your shirts and, you know, soon to come hats because, you know, you oh, can't, yeah, you can't be a those. pimp without a straight hustling shirt, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and we also uh, got iTunes out there and we're on Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio. Uh, we have comment sections on all those and be sure that you leave some kind of comment on what you think about us. You know, we've got all kinds of different genre coming on. We've got MMA fighters. We've got country music stars coming up, comedians. You know, throw out who you like to, who you like to hear us talk to. We'll be more than happy to uh, try and uh, reach out to them. Let's get out of here. I got shit to do. If you ain't hustling, you ain't, you ain't living. living. We're out. When I was young, it's not my problem. It's not my problem.